It's good stuff, good stuff. Good morning, so good to be with you this morning and just wanna add my welcome to Kayla's welcome a little bit earlier this morning and just wanna thank you for being here, taking time out of your weekend to to be a part of this service and for those of you who are joining us online, wanna just say a very special welcome to you. We're so glad that you have taken time to join with us, whether you're watching this live in this moment or on demand sometime later. We're so very glad that you're here with us and I know everyone here in the room wants to welcome you. Can we do that, Lakeview? I want to apologize right up front for my voice. I'm not sick. I just over-cheered all week. My son had two games against rival teams, and uh, everyone knew I was in the stands. I'm just saying. So, um, And my voice is paying the price for it. We've got sectionals this week, so I have no idea what next Sunday is going to sound like for you, but, uh, but I do want to apologize for my voice right up front. I'm so very glad that you're here and uh, you, you got an opportunity to watch that video and just see a little bit about what happened in this room last Sunday night. 67 people joined in this room last Sunday night to just make their commitments to the go and initiative in advance of Commitment Sunday, which will happen next week. And we just had a wonderful night of worship, of prayer, of testimonies, of making commitments to what God is asking us to do and really just taking steps of faith. And you got to hear some of those testimonies on the screen, but I've been having conversations all throughout the week of people uh, who were here last Sunday night who, who are just talking to me about what God's been doing in their life. And we had people here last Sunday night who, who have been faithful givers for decades of their life and just sensing God challenging them to take even deeper steps of faith to be a part of the GO initiative. And we had people here last Sunday night who have never given to our church, but they feel God prompting them to, to, to be a part of the GO initiative and to begin to invest in generosity into where God is taking us next. And we had people in the room last Sunday night who, who were talking about how God was challenging them to give up a regular weekly expense, something that they, that they spend their money on every week, just saying, you know, I feel like God's leading me to give that up and invest that in the Go Initiative so that we can move forward as a church. And we had people who came last Sunday night with a number in their mind, believing that was the number. And then as we sat in this service and listened to the Lord, they sensed God leading them to, to increase that number and to give more into the Go initiative than they had originally planned to do. And I'm telling you that just to let you know God is at work among us. God is at work among us. He's speaking to us. He's challenging us. He's stretching us. And here's what I have prayed for for the Go Initiative for over a year is that when we get to the end of this process that we will be able to hear and discern the voice of God more clearly than we ever have before. Not just about the Go Initiative, but in every area of our lives and that our faith would be greater than it has ever been before in our lives, that we would be able to believe God for more than we have ever been able to believe God for in the past, and that we would, we would claim Ephesians chapter three, to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all that we could ask or think or imagine, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus forever and ever. That's been my prayer for this initiative, and I believe God is answering that prayer. 
And I am so excited to see what God does in and through our church over this next week. And speaking of next week, next Sunday is Commitment Sunday. And I want to just encourage you to be prayerful about that all week long for our church and for your own individual life, for your own family, that you would just ask God to speak to you in this next week. Next Sunday morning at 10.30 a.m., we'll be right here in this room. We'll be gathered together. We're going to have a time of worship and prayer, and we'll be in the scriptures just like we are every Sunday. Sunday, but near the end of our service next week, we're going to have a commitment time. And during that commitment time, you're going to have space in this service to listen to God and to fill out a commitment card. And then we're going to have a time where we're actually going to bring those commitment cards forward and we're going to place them at the altar and we're going to trust God with our commitments as we step out on faith. And so a little bit later in the service, I'm going to talk to you about how to prepare for next Sunday so that you can come prayed up and ready to engage in that commitment time. But I believe next Sunday is going to be a great day in the life of our church. And I don't want anybody to miss it because all you're going to say if you miss it is, man, I wish I would have been here. I really believe that. So don't be in that category next week. Just be here and that way you won't miss it. And then I want to give you one more date to put on your calendar, Sunday, November 5th. Sunday, November 5th, that's just about a month away, and uh, we're going to be in this sanctuary on Sunday, November 5th, 10.30 a.m., and on that day, we're calling it Celebration Sunday. That's the day when we will announce the full commitment to the GO initiative made by everyone collectively in our congregation, and that is the Sunday where we will collect our first offering toward the GO initiative. We will do that in this service. It's going to be a great day of celebration, and that's going to be another one of those days you won't want to miss, and so make sure that you have two Sundays on your calendar, October the 8th and November the 5th, and you should come every other Sunday. I just want to make sure we're clear on that. I'm not just saying come on those two. I'm saying you want to make sure you don't miss those two, but you should be at every Sunday. Amen? Amen. Um, Okay. If you got a Bible, turn to Joshua chapter 3. We're going to pick up in the story uh, that we've been studying in this series. And uh, we're going to be in Joshua chapter 3 this morning and really talking about kind of the next step in the journey that the Israelites were taking. And uh, just to kind of reframe what we've been talking about all throughout this series. Remember, the people of Israel had been delivered out of Egypt. They'd been brought right to the doorstep of the promised land. And when they got there, they sent in spies into the land, and the 12 spies went in. 10 of them came back and said, man, the people in that land, they're really big, and those armies look really strong, and those walls around Jericho are really tall. I don't think we can do it. Two spies, Joshua and Caleb, gave a report of faith. They said, yes, the armies are pretty strong, and the people are pretty big, and the walls around Jericho are really tall, but our God is greater. And they spoke those words of faith over the people of Israel, and the people of Israel had a decision to make in that moment. And in that moment, they decided to believe the report that said the challenges are too big and our God is not big enough. And as a result, God had his people wander in the wilderness for 40 years. He needed to get rid of that generation who were in leadership and bring a whole new group of people back to the doorstep of the promised land, which he does at the beginning of the book of Joshua. And when you think about this story, what you recognize is that as the people under Joshua's leadership are now at the doorstep of the promised land once again, 
They're standing there recognizing that the land that God has promised them is just on the other side of this flooded river. They just need to go across and they'll be in the land and they can possess what God has promised them. And as they're standing there, not only are they able to see their future, but without a doubt, they can look back over 40 years of wandering in the wilderness and even decades and decades beyond that to see how God had been faithful to them in their history to lead them right to this moment. God had been faithful to them, but God's faithfulness to them wasn't just to give them good memories. I want to be really clear about this. This is one of the things God's just impressed on my heart as I've been preparing for this series and studying this story again in preparation for these messages is that God's faithfulness was not just to give the people good memories. God's faithfulness was to bring them to a place where they were positioned to move into the future that he had planned for them. In other words, God wasn't faithful in the wilderness just so they could say, look, God led us through the wilderness. They could do that. They could see his faithfulness and they could be thankful for it. But God had more planned for them than just getting them through the wilderness. He wanted to take them into the promised land. And what we're going to pick up in the story today is really just this reality that God in this moment, in this situation, in this passage of scripture that we're going to look at is telling them now it's time to to go forward. It's time to move into the promised land that God had for them. And that's really what I want to talk to you about this morning is what does it take to move forward? And in fact, I I want to say it even just a little more maybe boldly. I want to talk about what it takes to move confidently, to to go boldly into the future that God has for us. What does it take for us as God's people to reflect on faithfulness and be thankful, but to recognize that faithfulness has a purpose? God is faithful to bring us to this moment because of what he wants to do next. And if we will listen to God and do what God is asking us to do, we can go in to what God has for us in the future. And that's what I wanna challenge us with this morning. So if you have your Bibles, turn with me, if you will, to Joshua chapter three. And we're gonna begin reading in verse seven. We read some of these verses last week, but I wanna read again from verse seven just to set up the key verse that we're gonna look at this morning. The Lord told Joshua, today I will begin to make you a great leader in the eyes of all the Israelites. They'll know that I'm with you just as I was with Moses. Give this command to the priests who carry the Ark of the Covenant. When you reach the banks of the Jordan River, take a few steps into the river and stop there. So Joshua told the Israelites, come and listen to what the Lord your God says. Today you will know that the living God is among you. He will surely drive out the Canaanites, the Hittites, Hivites, Perizzites, Girgashites, Amorites, and Jebusites ahead of you. Look, the Ark of the Covenant, which belongs to the Lord of the whole earth, will lead you across the Jordan River. Now choose 12 men from the tribes of Israel, one from each tribe. The priests will carry the Ark of the Lord, the Lord of all the earth, and as soon as their feet touch the water, the flow of water will be cut off upstream and the river will stand up like a wall. And this is the key verse for today. So the people left their camp to cross the Jordan And the priests who were carrying the Ark of the Covenant went ahead of them. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. As we read the scriptures, I know that there's a lot of years that separate us from them. 
and their perspective and their culture is different from ours. I understand all of that. But as I've been reading and studying these passages over the last really several months and just asking God to speak to us in this series, one of the things that has just been reiterated to me is that, that while our story isn't their story, I can see our story in theirs. They're not the same. I don't, I'm not making that claim. We're, we're not getting ready to cross a flooded river. Amen. Okay, we're not, that's not what I'm asking you to do, okay? Um, our story's not their story, but I see our story in their story. When you look back on the nation of Israel, what you recognize is they are at a place in their journey where they can see the faithfulness of God. It's evident to them, but God has a future for them. And they need to enter into that future. But standing between them and the future that God has for them is a flooded river. And on the other side of that river are the tall walls of Jericho. They're still there. The armies are still in the land. All of those ites are still there. And they're going to have to be driven out of the land. It's not as if 40 years later the challenges have become easier there's still a challenge in front of them. They've got to get across the flooded river and then they've got to face all the challenges that were there 40 years earlier. And when I think about our story, I recognize that we've got 60 plus years of history as a church. And when we look back over those 60 plus years, God's been faithful. I mean, you could, we could tell story after story after story. We'd be here all day. We'd be here all week telling all of the ways that God has been faithful. Some of you are children of God today because of the faithfulness of God in this church over its years of history. Amen? And we've been shaped and we've been formed and we celebrate all of that. We praise God for all of that. That's His work among us. And I'm not diminishing that in any way. I'm just saying that as, as I think about the Israelites, God had been faithful to bring them to this moment, but He had even more for them. All that God had done in their history taking them to Egypt to save them from the famine, allowing them to prosper in Egypt, and then delivering them from the captivity of Egypt, bringing them to the promised land, not once, but twice. Why? Because God had something for them in their future that he wanted to lead them into. And we look back on our history, God's been so faithful. We've had high moments as a church. We've had low moments as a church. We've had lots of in-between moments as a church. And at every turn, at every turn, highs and lows and in between, God has been faithful. He has not failed us. He has not forsaken us. He has not left us. He has brought us right here to this moment. And why would God do that? Is it so he can just call it quits now? Say, it's been a great run, Lakeview. No, I don't believe that for one second. God's been faithful to bring us right here because of what he wants to do next. Are there challenges in front of us? 100%. No doubt about it. The challenges are there and it's gonna take steps of faith to move into that future. But God's been faithful to give us a future. 
Now it's up to us to respond in faith and obedience to the future that he's calling us into. And that's what I want to talk to you about today. What does it look like for us to go forward boldly into the future that God has for us? And to do that, I want to pull out one core truth from this key verse in this passage that we just read. And here's the core truth. In order to move forward, you have to listen and obey. It's a simple truth. Not easy. Simple and easy aren't the same thing. It's simple. It's not hard to understand. It's not complicated. Listen to God and do what God's telling you to do. That, that's as simple as it gets. That is not always easy because sometimes God asks us to do things that are hard. Sometimes God asks us to do things that don't seem to make much sense. Sometimes God's asking us to do things that are beyond our capacity to do. And he does that so that when we obey, our obedience is a step of faith. It is an act of faith, trusting God to do for us what we cannot do ourselves. And I think that's what God's inviting us into in this season. You say, where does this core truth come from in Joshua chapter three? Well, think again about the Israelites. They're standing there on the edge of the promised land, flooded river right in front of them. They got to get across that. That's obstacle number one. And, and how, what, what are they supposed to do? How are they supposed to move forward? Where, where are they supposed to go? How are they supposed to actually enter in? This is where they have to listen to God and do what God's asking them to do. And the first step was listening to God. And Joshua learned how to listen to God by watching Moses listen to God. When I read through the Old Testament this year, as I was reading through the story of Israel, one of the things that you will find underlined in my one-year Bible over and over and over again is the Lord said to Moses, and then like the next verse or sometimes the very next phrase, and Moses said to the people, there's always this sense that, that God was going to speak to Moses and then Moses was going to relay that to the people and that's how the people were going to know what God wanted them to do. Now, that's the Old Testament. In the New Testament, we all have an opportunity to hear the voice of God. It doesn't have to come through a messenger. It doesn't have to come through a prophet or a leader. We all have the opportunity to tune in and hear what God is saying to us. But it all begins with listening for the people of God. They have to listen to the voice of God. And when God tells them what to do, it doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense. Flooded river, guys, go get the most prized possession that we have. Carry that into the river and then just stop there. In a flooded river, just stop there and stand with that most prized possession in your hands. And when you do that, I'll take care of the water. Notice that God doesn't say, I'm going to make the water stand up in a heap and then you guys go stand in the riverbed. He actually says to them, take the Ark of the Covenant and walk that into the flooded river and stop there. And after you take a step of faith, then I'm going to act and I'll make the water stop upstream so that all of God's people can go through on dry ground. This doesn't make sense. You can imagine the priest saying, can we have a meeting to discuss this? Can we get some input before we make these kind of decisions, Joshua? 
I mean, it doesn't make sense. And yet, what God is doing in this moment is he's giving the people of God an opportunity to redeem themselves from 40 years ago. I mean, go back to 40 years before when, when God had clearly promised them. I mean, they had just been delivered from Egypt, the most powerful nation of that day. God had defeated all of Pharaoh's army in one day as they tried to chase Israel through the Red Sea, and God just wiped them out. They had seen God do that with their own eyes. And then they get to the promised land just a few weeks later. And as they're standing on the edge of the promised land, they actually do not have the the faith inside of them to believe that God could get them into the promised land. They lacked faith. They thought, this is crazy. God can't do this. God can't help us. God can't make a way. And yet in this moment, when they're facing a flooded river, what's God asking them to do? Have faith. Do something that doesn't make sense, that causes you to have to trust me. Take a step of faith, and I'm going to show up and do for you what you cannot do for yourself. And I love verse 14 in this passage, the the key verse that we read. People left their camp. One translation says they broke camp. They, They literally folded up their tents, packed up their belongings, and said, let's go. Doesn't matter if it doesn't make sense. Doesn't matter if this seems like a crazy idea. We believe this is God speaking to us. And because God has spoken to us, the only choice we have to make right now is will we obey or not. And they decided in this moment to obey. They listened to God, and then they were obedient. And as they were obedient, when the priests step into the water, the river, it's held up upstream. They get to walk through on dry ground, and they get to enter in to the land that God has for them. If you want to move forward, you have to learn to listen and obey. And as I've thought about that, I just think this has application for all of our lives, not not just for the Go Initiative. I mean, it has application for that, and I'm going to talk about that in a moment. But in any area of your life, your relationships, your work environment, your, your family, that difficult relationship that you're trying to figure out how to navigate around. How are you going to make that decision? What are you going to do about that problem? How are you going to solve that issue? All of these things, I'm telling you, this principle, if we as God's people can learn how to tune our ears into the voice of God and hear what God is saying, God will bring the wisdom of heaven into our lives and guide us and direct us so that we know what to do and when to do it and how to do it and we can enter into everything that God has for us if we're willing to listen and obey. We have to listen and obey. That's what it all boils down to. Now, again, I think this has application for all, every area of our life, really. But I wanna just, for the next few minutes, kind of just bring this home for us as we think about how do we, in the next week, prepare ourselves for Commitment Sunday? How do we take this principle of listening and obeying so that we can move forward as a church body into what God has for us? And I wanna give you three things that I think are kind of steps in the discernment process. And the first one is just to listen. 
The key question here is, God, what do you want me to do? What do you want me to do? At some point, Joshua had to say, hey, God, a flooded river. You got any, got any tips for me? Right? Joshua had to actually ask God, what do you want to do next? Right? We're here. You said be strong and courageous. We're strong and courageous. What now? Right? And we're not, we're not privy to that conversation, but it happened. Joshua had to listen for the voice of God, and the people of God had to be open for God's instructions. And I want to say the same to you as we think about our commitments that we're going to make next Sunday. Collectively, as a church body, the most important question that you can ask in this next week is, God, what do you want me to do? Because the only person who needs to direct your commitment next Sunday is God. I'm not going to tell you what to give. The person sitting next to you this morning can't tell you what to give. You need to hear from God this week. And I just want to challenge you. Just take time this week to literally sit with God and just ask God, what do you want me to do? Now, for some of you, you know how to do this. You've been doing this for a long time. You've been listening to God. You know how to hear God's voice. You know how to discern it. But for some of you, this may be the very first time that you've taken time to listen for the voice of God. And I want to just encourage you. You can hear the voice of God. I promise you. It, it is one of the things that God expects from his people. That we could hear his voice and know it's him speaking, right? We sometimes read the Bible and think about the people we read in the scriptures. We think they must be extraordinary Christians. They, they got in the Bible because of how great they were at the whole faith journey. And my answer to that is, have you read the Bible? Like these people struggled all over the place, right? They weren't people who had it all figured out. They were normal people like us. They're in the Bible not because they're extraordinary. They're in the Bible because they're ordinary people who figured out how to journey with God. And you can journey with God too. You can hear the voice of God. But in order to hear his voice, you gotta ask him, God, what do you want me to do? You gotta, you gotta posture yourself to hear what God wants to say. This means asking the question, and then it means actually building into your life the space and the quiet and the time necessary to hear his voice. Now, the good news is you don't have to take all week off work. Some of you maybe were hoping I was going to ask you to do that, but no, no, you don't have to take all week off work to listen for God's voice. You just need to find moments and pockets in your daily life where you can listen to God. And, and by the way, this isn't just something you should do for the GO initiative. This should just be something you're doing every day, every week, listening for the voice of God. God, what do you want me to do? What do you want me to do? Five minutes here, 10 minutes there. Take a little bit of time before you eat your lunch. Take a little bit of time right when you get up in the morning. Take a little bit of time before you go to bed at night. It doesn't matter when you do it. Just find the space and the time to be quiet and listen for the voice of God. God, what do you want me to do? What do you want me to do?
And I, I, I shared these verses. I want to share them with you again this morning. Jeremiah 29, 11. I want to just build your faith this morning. God has plans for you. He has plans for you. I think he has plans for our church, but I want to just speak into your life this morning. God has plans for you. And if you want to find those plans, the way that you find them is by seeking God with all of your heart. Verse 13 says, if you seek God with all of your heart, you will find him. I want to just encourage you this week. Seek God with all of your heart because you'll find him. And when you find him, you're going to find every good plan that he has for you. You got to listen to God. Secondly, there's going to come a moment It might happen tomorrow morning. It might happen Wednesday afternoon. It might happen Friday night. might happen next Sunday morning while you're sitting in this sanctuary getting ready to fill out that commitment card. But there's going to be a moment where you've got to decide. You've got to actually say to the Lord, Lord, this is what I believe you want me to do. There was a moment. We're not told about it in this passage, but it it happened between verse 13 and verse 14. After they hear the instructions, there's a moment when they think to themselves, this is what God wants us to do, and we're going to do it. Because right before they break camp and, and fold up their tents and pack up their belongings and begin on the journey, they have to make a decision. And you're going to have to make a decision too. When you ask God, God, what do you want me to do? And God speaks, you've got to come to a moment in your life where you say, God, this is what I believe you want me to do. I'll tell you how I do this in my own life. When I'm making a decision about anything and I'm processing it with the Lord, I I will often just lay out the decision as clearly as I can before the Lord. Not because he doesn't know about it. He already knows. But I just lay it out in front of him and say, God, this is what I understand the decision to be made. And here's the question I'm asking you about this decision. And then I listen to God. And often I will write a whole bunch of notes I'll get out a blank sheet of paper and I'll just write a bunch of stuff what I think God might be saying and I'm looking for the place where I sense the peace of God. And when I, when I find that thing, when it's like that, that right there, I think that's it, Lord, I will often say to the Lord, Lord, I think this is what you want me to do. This is, I think this is what you want me to do and God if this, is, if this is not what you want me to do, if I've misheard you, would you cause my heart to not have peace right now? But God, if this is what you want me to do, I believe it is, I'm gonna start walking in faith towards that because I sense your peace right now. And some of you, again, you know how to do this. You've done this. But some of you, it's maybe the very first time for you over this next week. I just want to encourage you. Ask God, what do you want me to do? Listen for his voice. As God speaks and you begin to sense his peace in your heart, just declare that. Lord, this is what I believe you want me to do. And then after you've done that, there's going to come a moment next Sunday morning when we fill out our commitment cards And we're going to bring them forward. We're actually going to have baskets up at the altar. And you're going to have an opportunity to come and just drop your card right in that basket and step out on faith. That's really the third part of this journey. We have to listen to God. God, what do you want me to do? God, this is what I believe you want me to do. But then there comes a moment when we're going to have to step out. We're going to have to actually put our faith in action. Like I like to think about the priests in this story. Like They've got the tough job, right? Joshua gives them instructions, but their job is to walk into the flooded river. 
with the most prized possession of the nation. That takes faith. It takes faith. And God's gonna invite us next week to take a step of faith. For some of you, this may be the very first time that you've ever made a commitment to give to the church, to give to see the work of God move forward. For some of you, maybe you've been giving on, on a somewhat regular basis, but this may be a commitment for you to say, you know what, I'm gonna begin to give weekly or monthly towards what God is doing in and through our church. And for some of you, God may be asking you to take a step of faith that will be maybe the biggest step of faith you've ever taken in your life. I wanna just encourage you, if you've listened for the voice of God and you have his peace in your heart, you can step out on faith knowing that the God who has been faithful is gonna be faithful again. He never fails. He never fails. Not one time can we ever find a story where God failed? He just left us. No, he's always there. He's always faithful. He's always true. That's who God is. So listen for the voice of God. Decide in your heart, God, this is what I believe you want me to do. And then step out on faith. And put your faith into action and trust God to show up and make a difference that you couldn't do on your own. And I just believe that if we do that next week, listen, number one, God's gonna be pleased. I cannot think of anything else that would please the heart of God than to have a church body all listening to the voice of God and all doing what God wants us to do. I can't think of anything that would make God happier. I cannot think of anything else that would make God pleased with our church. To look down at this church and say, there's a body of people who are listening to my voice doing what I'm asking them to do. And that, that's what I'm challenging us to step into. I just believe that. And I believe that when we do what God's asking us to do, not only is he gonna be pleased, but I just believe he's gonna show up. I believe he's gonna do something that we are going to be in awe of. And in that moment, all we're going to be able to do is just give him all the glory and all the honor and all the praise. We're not going to be able to say, look at what we did. No, look at what God did in and through us. That is our prayer for next Sunday. And so as we wrap up this morning, I want to encourage you, if you have your guidebooks, to turn to pages 38 and 39. I want to just uh, give you some guidance so that you are fully prepared for next Sunday. Next Sunday, when you come in, you're going to get a commitment card that looks just like this. Uh, everyone will receive one of these, and we're going to walk through a process in our service where you'll have an opportunity to complete this card. And I want to just introduce you to it, make sure you're aware of it, make sure you know uh, how, to, how to use this tool so that when we come together next Sunday, you are prepared for that time. I, I want you to just make, I want the commitment time next Sunday to be an act of worship. And so I want to talk a little bit more about the mechanics this Sunday so that maybe next Sunday uh, it'll be easier for us to walk through the process.
But I want to just point out two things on this commitment card, and they're the things that are actually uh, in your guidebooks on pages 38 and 39. The first is this giving chart, and I want to just kind of talk about this for a minute just to explain it. It's, this is not a place where you have to pick one of these numbers and give that. I, I've had a couple people ask me, do I have to give this number? Could I give this instead? And I want to just make it real clear. You're not picking a number from here. This is just an illustration. If you give this much per month, this is what it translates to one year, and that's how one year of giving would translate into the two years of the GO initiative, so it's an illustration. So you say, why would you provide this? Well, we want you to be able to see what a, a month of giving would translate into, but we also wanted to give you a tool that would help you in the process of listening. And so as you, as you think about this card and, and look at it in the guidebook, I want to encourage you to think about your current level of giving. And find the line on this card that currently reflects your current giving, and then just ask God to speak to you. God, is this the place you want me to stay for the Go initiative? And if he tells you to stay at that line, stay at that line. Do what God's asking you to do. But if God is challenging you to stretch your faith a little bit, all I'm asking you to do is just lift your eyes up to the next line or two and just wait until God begins to give you peace. I talked about it last week and I believe it with all of my heart that what God wants to do in our lives is, is bring us to a place where faith and peace meet. That we would have enough, we would have a, a commitment that's enough that would cause us to have greater faith than we've ever had before. I know in our own lives, we are writing down a number on this card that is the biggest number we have ever committed to any organization in our lifetime. And I've had to ask God, are you sure? Are you sure you want us to give more than we've given before in our lives? And so I'm just asking you to find that place of faith because when you do, you know you have to depend on God. That's where I'm at personally. But I also have incredible peace that God has said, yes, I actually do want you to stretch your faith like that. I actually do want you to step into a territory you've never been before so that you have to depend on me in ways you haven't had to depend on me before. So I want to encourage you to use the gift chart that way. And then on the inside, there's another discernment tool that we've given you that I think can be helpful. Uh, you, you don't have to use this tool. Uh, it's not required, but it might be helpful. And I just call this the calculator. And uh, this is just a little formula that you can use to kind of find your number for the GO initiative. And you'll begin at the very top of this chart by just writing in what you currently give. So think about what you give in a week. Multiply that by 52 to get an annual number. If you give monthly, multiply that by 12 to get an annual number and write that in the top box. Then ask God, God, what is the extended generosity that you want me to give to the GO initiative in this process? And that goes on the second line. Add those two numbers together, and that's your number for one year of the GO initiative. But remember, the GO initiative is two years, November 1st, 23, through the end of October 25. So multiply that one-year number by two. I know some of you who hate math are like, my brain, it hurts. I know, it just it's going to be fine. You can use a, calc a real calculator if you want to. And then you get a two-year giving total. There's one more line that I want to just talk about this morning because I want some of you to be praying about this. 
Some of you have stored resources. And you say, what's a stored resource? Could be stocks. Could be a piece of property. Could be a boat or a motorcycle. And some spouses might be elbowing their spouse to say, I think he's talking to you right now. Okay. I know that because some of you have said that to me. Okay. So, um, so if you have a stored resource, maybe God, I'm not telling you what God's saying to you. I'm just saying maybe God would ask you to use that stored resource as a one-time gift into the Go initiative. And if God speaks to you about that, I just want you to be obedient and you can write that on that line and then you'll total that up. And the bottom box is your commitment. Next Sunday when you come in, everybody gets a commitment card and we will walk through this process in our service. We'll guide you through it step by step and then we'll have a commitment time together. I know this may be, if if you're new here, if this is your very first Sunday, this may seem a little more technical, a little more logistical than maybe you had thought you would find in a Sunday morning service. But here's what we believe. We believe that God is leading us into a future. A future that has our church thriving as a place where disciples are made and lives are changed. A future with a church that has greater financial freedom than we have ever had maybe at any point in our history. And that we would be a church that's investing in our community and in the world that God loves so that our church is literally making a difference from here to the ends of the earth as Acts 1-8 calls us to do. And we believe that so deeply that we think it's important to be intentional, which means we sometimes have to be technical and logistical because we want to move forward together as one body, unified, pursuing what God has for us. Amen? I'm going to try that one more time. We're going to pursue what God has for us as one body. Amen? So I want to pray for us this morning and I want to give you an opportunity right now to begin to listen for the voice of God. So I want to invite everybody in this room to just bow your heads, close your eyes. Nobody looking around. The band's going to keep playing softly. And as they do, I want to just challenge you right now to begin with that question. God, what do you want me to do? And I want you to just take couple minutes right here just to listen for the voice of God. Tune in to what he's saying to you. God, in these quiet moments, I pray that your voice would just ring out loud and clear, not just right now in this moment, but in every quiet moment and in every pocket of time that we dedicate this week to listening for your voice. Would you just show up in those moments? Would you speak clearly? Would you challenge us to be people of faith? And when when we find that place of faith that you're calling us into, would you add your peace to our hearts 
so that we are confident and clear that this is what you are leading me. This is what you are leading us to do. And God, I pray that as we hear your voice, find that place of faith and receive your peace in our hearts that we would go boldly into the future that you have for us. And I pray that you would get all the glory and all the honor. In Jesus' name, amen.